Hello and welcome to the Rugby Gods podcast. I'm John Keenan. No my harimai. Today is August 10th and now let's talk some rugby. Alright, so it's been a few weeks uh, since I did a podcast, so apologies for that. Uh, yeah, hopefully I'll do a little bit of a uh, international shoot-around uh, for the end of July uh, and the uh, first weekend of August uh, for the missing sort of three or four weeks uh, that I've been away. Um, but that's not what this podcast is going to be about. Uh, this podcast is going to be uh, the first of hopefully uh, quite a few uh, based on the Bunnings NPC. So the Bunnings NPC uh, is the renaming uh, of the Mitre 10 Cup. Uh, so that's basically New Zealand's, uh, you know, first class provincial competition. Uh, yeah, so without any further ado, let's get into it and have a look at what happened uh, in the first round. Um, so first round was uh, the weekend just being. Uh, so uh, these days, uh, I guess once upon a time uh, when uh, it was named the ITM Cup uh, or the Mitre 10 Cup, um, the NPC uh, or the Bunnings NPC of 2021, uh, used to have midweek games, quite a few of them. Uh, so used to play um, like seven, maybe even eight matches uh, every week uh, for sort of like a, a sort of like a two month period. Uh, it no longer runs like that. Now it's more like a, a condensed, uh, you know, weekend schedule. Uh, so it's just the one Friday night game, three Saturday games. Uh, you know, two in the afternoon and one in the evening. Uh, and then three Sunday games, so two early Sunday games and a late Sunday afternoon game. So that's pretty much the way uh, it rolls these days, which, uh, to be honest, I actually really quite like that. Uh, I think, you know, dragging out one game a week, you know, having like a Wednesday night match, uh, you know, Thursday night match, Friday night match, etc. Uh, and then, you know, going all the way through to Sunday afternoon. Uh, and then, generally speaking, the Wednesday, two of the... Uh, Wednesday teams, or at least one uh, of those Wednesday teams, sorry, uh, would have to back up and play like a second match for the week. Um, you know, so it was a bit of a killer schedule, I think, uh, especially when you're, you know, talking about some pretty high-level rugby uh, for sort of like two and a half months. So I think what they've done now, which is essentially got rid of that, um, you know, double game round uh, for every team, uh, just extended out the regular season by a week, um, and then just really tightened up uh, the, the scheduling uh, I, I like that quite a lot. And basically, you know, they've done that for, I think, a couple of different reasons, uh, but probably monetary, uh, first and foremost, uh, and I think it's a good option. Uh, also, the other thing uh, is in 2020, uh, 2019, I guess, but also 2020, uh, they've been thinking about uh, should they have essentially uh, two pools of seven based on geography, uh, as it is at present. It's 14 teams uh, in a seven-team Premiership top level uh, and a seven-team championship, you know, bottom level or secondary level, uh, and there's quite a lot of talk about should it become a regional, i.e., you know, should you have the South Island teams uh, plus three North Island teams and then basically an Upper North Island kind of like pool, uh, and you know, I really hope we don't do that. Um, I'd I'd really prefer uh, to see it be based on performance <clears throat> and to see promotion relegation uh, at the end of each season. I think that's really exciting. Um, you know, and I just like the idea of, you know, having like a top seven, bottom seven, a premiership championship uh, and the ability, uh, you know, to lose your place and obviously the ability, uh, you know, to have a great season and push up. Uh, and obviously it's not a given either. Uh, you know, if you have a good season, uh, get yourself top billing uh, in the championship, like the uh, second tier, uh, you still got to win semifinals and finals, uh, you know, to get yourself promoted, uh, which often doesn't happen for the top team. 
So, you know, hopefully uh, we see f uh, for the continuing future uh, pretty much the setup that we have, which is, you know, seven games uh, on the weekend, pretty much, you know, one on a Friday, uh, three games on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, just have it nice and condensed uh, and have it performance-based. Uh, so, yeah, uh, apologies for that massive rant, um, but, you know, that's my style. Um, if you're back here listening to me after, you know, a three, four-week hiatus, hopefully uh, you enjoyed that uh, or enjoy that part of my rambling diatribe uh, that I sometimes come up with on this podcast. But, yeah, uh, let's really get into the historical results. Um, that's, well, basically that's what I'm viewing here. Uh, but it's not really historical results uh, or it's a very recent history. Uh, it's essentially just from uh, the last weekend. So this is uh, round one, uh, which started on Friday, 6th of August. Uh, and went through until Sunday the 8th of August. Uh, so yeah, like I just said before, uh, one Friday night game, three Saturday games, and three Sunday games. Uh, so round one Friday night game to get things underway, it was Manawa 2 uh, at home to County's Manukau. Wouldn't exactly say that's the most stellar matchup uh, to start the season off on. Um, you'd, you'd have to think, um, well, you know, who knows, right? Scheduling, you know, organizing all these teams to play each other, etc. Um, it's a little bit complicated, right? Uh, but, you know, you'd have to say not exactly uh, the most um, intriguing contest. But, hey, uh, you know, no disrespect to Manawa 2 or Counties Manukau there. But, you know, for a couple of seasons, a number of seasons now, uh, both teams have been, you know, kind of under the radar and performing fairly poorly. Uh, but as it was, uh, Manawa 2 at home uh, got the win. It was 39-21 uh, to Manawa 2. So a really good win there for Manawa 2, uh, especially uh, because they had a pretty terrible 2020. Uh, but they have bought pretty well in the offseason, uh, and they've definitely got um, a very good fly half or very good uh, first 510 uh, that they've picked up in, in Brett Cameron, uh, who has been sort of a peripheral squad Crusaders uh, first five for the last sort of maybe four or five seasons now. Uh, and it's actually a, a one-test all-black as well. Uh, so it will be very interesting to see him get, um, you know, some quality game time at, you know, Bunnings, NPC, um, you know, like first-class level, provincial level, uh, especially playing uh, quite a few games uh, in the championship, so the, uh, you know, lower tier or the tier two. Uh, so, you know, very good opportunity, very big opportunity, I think, to, um, to see him shine, uh, to see if he can uh, sort of resurrect that career uh, that seemed to be going, like, from strength to strength. Uh, in sort of like 2018, but, you know, sort of fell off a cliff in, uh, you know, sort of 2019, 2020. Uh, you know, he was a little bit persona non grata, uh, and he's, you know, definitely out of all black contention at present, uh, and not even really uh, in too much of a conversation in terms of what's going on down at the Crusaders uh, very often either, uh, in terms of a match day 23. So, yeah, you know, like, best of luck to him. Um, be interesting to see uh, if he continues to stay uh, at the Crusaders uh, long term. Uh, he is... A Wanganui boy, I believe, a Wanganui schoolboy. Uh, so pretty interesting to see, uh, you know, what he does over the next couple of years. Uh, you know, whether he stays uh, down in the Canterbury, uh, you know, sort of catchment area uh, for uh, well, you know, he hasn't done that for um, this uh, for the NPC level. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see uh, if he continues to stay down at the Crusaders uh, for Super Rugby, uh, or if you know he perhaps he moves somewhere else uh, to get more game time. I uh, certainly think, you know, he's got a fair amount of talent um, and, you know, Manawa 2 are certainly all the better for uh, having a quality 10 like that you know, to run things. So, yeah, it could be a good season. could uh, be a good little pickup uh, for Manawa 2. Um, I'll try not to um, commentate too much on the games or give too much 
or try and add too much value here. I think I'll just sort of rapidly go through, try and knock out these seven games. Uh, and then there is actually an article that I want to read, which is essentially an, an MPC or a Bunnings MPC preview um, article uh, that was listed uh, last week. Um, so yeah, maybe we can jump to that. It has a few names uh, and it kind of goes through team by team uh, a little bit at least. Uh, you know, uh, how, they're, how they're faring, what they're looking like doing uh, for the 2021 season. So yeah, uh, so just to recap that, and then I'm just going to push through really quickly. So, you know, Manawatu at home uh, in the season opener on Friday night, it was 39-21 to Manawatu. Into the Saturday games, there were three of them, uh, and they were actually all played quite early uh, due to the uh, New Zealand, Australia, or the All Blacks Wallabies test match, which was played on the Saturday night. So these were like three Saturday afternoon games. Uh, the first one was uh, from Taranaki. It was uh, Pukakura, Pukakura Park, which is pretty interesting, um, a place to play. Uh, and Taranaki beat Hawks Bay 33-19 at home. So that was a really good win for Taranaki, um, who, you know, kind of got dominated um, at the end of 2020 by Hawks Bay, sort of twice um, before Hawks Bay, uh, you know, hosted and won uh, the championship final and got promoted to the premiership, uh, as well as... Uh, keeping the um, Ran for the Shield for the summer. So, you know, a really good reply there from Taranaki. It's probably the third time they've played in about three rounds of um, of uh, Bunnings NPC, if you know what I mean, uh, between 2020 and 2021. Uh, but Taranaki got uh, some revenge there for a couple of uh, fairly significant losses uh, last year. Uh, yeah, second match on the Saturday was my Wellington team. So it was the Wellington Lions. Uh, Wellington uh, was taking on Northland, uh, which can be a little bit of a bogey team for Wellington uh, from time to time. Uh, but Wellington did the business at home uh, in Wellington. It was 54-7 uh, to Wellington. Must say, uh, I watched some extended highlights of that. You know, that being my provincial team or like you know my NPC team, um, and I was pretty impressed, uh, especially by the backline uh, that Wellington uh, was able to muster uh, in that round one competition. Uh, and you know they may even have the services of TJ Perinata for um, you know significant periods uh, of this campaign as well. Uh, but you know they had Ruben Love at ten, I believe. Uh, and then they had uh, a really nice pairing of uh, Peter Umanga Jensen and Vince Asso in the midfield. They had um, Wes Hurston at the back at fullback, which I was really uh, happy to see, and he was playing really well. Uh, and then they had uh, Patafilo uh, and Julian Savia uh, on the wings, I believe. Um, so, you know, if you, you run through that, um, that basically, uh, you know, that's a full... Uh, Hurricanes uh, backline, uh, if you know what I mean, that the Wellington Lions are operating with. Uh, so, you know, I think they're going to be pretty dangerous uh, this season. Uh, I was thinking, you know, perhaps, um, you know, Hawks Bay uh, was going to roll on and be pretty, pretty decent and competitive in, in the Premiership. And I was thinking Wellington, you know, may well be looking uh, at a very tough season to try and stay up and stay out of relegation. Uh, but I really did like what I see, or like like liked what I saw uh, in that first round against Northland. So yeah, fifty four seven to Wellington. Pretty happy with that. Uh, third match of the Saturday uh, was Otago at home to Southland. Uh, so a little bit of a grudge match there for sure. Uh, the two southern southern neighbours, as such. Uh, Otago gets to play big brother for once uh, when Canterbury's not around uh, and it was a 26-19 to Otago uh, in Dunedin, uh, a really hard fought uh, that match uh, could have been a 19-all draw uh, Otago scored fairly late uh, to break that one open 
Uh, and you know, you'd have to say Southland looked really good because again, um, you know, Otago has a lot of talent, a lot of Super Rugby talent uh, easing around um, that Otago, that Otago uh, NPC like Razorbacks team. Um, and I really would have thought that they would have run away or like you know, kind of comfortably handled Southland. Uh, but it was not to be. Uh, they were involved in an absolute dogfight uh, with their uh, little brother or their uh, cousin there, maybe their country cousin, uh, Southland. Uh, and, you know, it looked like Southland was on track for, you know, something pretty good, uh, you know, maybe a 19 all draw. Uh, I'm not exactly sure if they play Golden Point. Uh, I believe they do. Uh, and they certainly were last year uh, in the Mitre 10 Cup because I remember Wellington... Uh, drew with Canterbury uh, through the, uh, the the 80 and then lost. I'm pretty sure that was last year in 2020. Uh, so I'm assuming, yeah, like they were heading for Golden Point there. Uh, but, you know, Otago got the late one and the late win. So, yeah, looking good for Southland. Um, might be very competitive this year. Again, they've picked up some good players, especially uh, Marty Banks, uh, who's back from uh, Japan slash the world. Uh, and he's going to be playing 10 for Southland, which is, uh, you know, pretty impressive, pretty interesting, really good buy uh, from them. So, yeah, into these Sunday matches, like I said, uh, three uh, Sunday afternoon matches, uh, two early ones, uh, and then a late one, uh, a really nice late finish fixture. Uh, so the first match, or you know, one of the two played at the same time, was uh, Bay of Plenty at home to Tasman, uh, and it was 27-14 to Tasman uh, away in Tauranga. So that's a really good win for Tasman there, uh, because you know, Bay of Plenty looking pretty good uh, from last year, semi-finalists, uh, and they've got a very good team this year. They've, they've bought very well, uh, and they've got a really good coach as well. Uh, I think I'll come back to that or leave it um, until the article uh, that I'm going to read to you. Uh, but, you know, like, Bad Plenty really have recruited very well uh, for 2021. So, um, you know, Tasman turning up there and winning 27-14. That's a great result for Tasman, uh, the defending champions. Uh, so the uh, other game on at the same time on their Sunday, uh, early match, second early match, uh, was North Harbour uh, at home to Waikato. Uh, and it was a 28-15 uh, to Waikato, so Waikato winning away, uh, the Premiership team, Waikato, you know, taking care of business and beating North Harbour, the Championship team, uh, the relegated Premiership team from 2020. So yeah, I have to say I, I didn't watch that, I didn't actually even watch the highlights uh, of that one, so there's not too much for me to add there, uh, but I'm not really that surprised, uh, you'd have to say, uh, you know, Waikato, uh, definitely a, a superior, well, generally speaking, uh, a superior, you know, provincial team uh, to North Harbour. So yeah, 28-15, well done to Waikato, and then 27-14, a really good win uh, for Tasman there. Uh, and then the final match, the late third match uh, on the Sunday, was Auckland at home to Canterbury. Uh, so the, you know, sort of like the hangover party, um, you know, continued uh, after, you know, the All Blacks uh, had taken on uh, Australia uh, on the Saturday night. There was a Sunday afternoon game, absolute blockbuster there uh, to get things going. Auckland at home to Canterbury uh, from Auckland from Eden Park, and it was 35-24 to Auckland. So again, a uh, really impressive result there from Auckland. Uh, I would have thought, you know, Canterbury would be a touch more competitive than that because, um, you know, Auckland really did actually have them well and truly covered uh, towards the back end of that match. Canterbury made a little bit of a run at it, uh, but Auckland was good enough uh, to, you know, uh, stop that run and finish them off and respond or, you know, finish strongly as well. But, you know, they certainly controlled that match uh, and won it pretty comfortably at home, 35-24 to Auckland. So, yeah, uh, some pretty good results there or some, uh, some interesting results, I'd have to say. Um, you know, Manawatu beating counties at home uh, with uh, some 
was basically just a better squad uh, for 2021. Uh, seems pretty likely, seems pretty reasonable for me. Uh, Taranaki beating Hawks Bay at home 33-19. That's a little bit of an upset in my books. Uh, you know, Hawks Bay were amazing last year. Uh, Wellington 54-7 against Northland. Certainly uh, the win was expected, but maybe not that emphatic. So very impressive from Wellington. Uh, Otago 26-19 over Southlands. Very competitive Southland, so good to see. Uh, you know, and I hope uh, they continue to be so uh, through the rest of their, their matches. Uh, Sunday games, uh, Bay of Plenty at home to Tasman, 27-14 to Tasman. Bit of a surprise result, I think, for me, uh, even though Tasman are the defending champions. They've certainly got a few, you know, key players that have been, you know, elevated uh, into the All Blacks for 2021. So I uh, would have thought uh, they'd struggle a touch more against a, a quality Bay of Plenty side, but not to be. So a really good win there, I think, for Tasman. Um, you know, Harbour at home to Waikato, 28-15 to Waikato. Uh, you know, probably kind of expected uh, in my books. Uh, and then Auckland at home to Canterbury, 35-24 to Auckland. Uh, and I was just a little bit surprised at just how comfortable that was. So maybe a little bit ominous for Canterbury there, um, just how well or just how easily they were handled by Auckland. But yeah, you know, uh, pretty good uh, first round. Uh, might as well have a quick touch on the standings, uh, and then I'm going to push it over and read that article for you, uh, which is essentially a season preview article, uh, which is probably a little bit silly to be doing, um, you know, after the first round has already played out. But hey, uh, I'm a little bit late on things. I haven't been around for about a month, so you have to forgive me. So yeah, uh, if we have a look at things, uh, I'll probably put a link uh, to... I'm not sure actually what I'll put a link to, but I'll put a link to a couple of these, um, you know, Bunnings NPC uh, official website pages. Probably put a link um, to probably just like the, you know, the front page, the news page, uh, and I might put a link to the standings as well. Uh, and I'm sure you can find fixtures and results uh, if you go there. So yeah, if we have a look at the championship, which is basically the uh, B division or like second division or you know tier two. Um, so it's the bottom seven teams as such. Uh, after the first round, you've got Manoa 2 uh, played 1-1-1 one, 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 uh, and four points. So there you go. Uh, basically, just have, uh, it's just points differential, you know, uh, a comfortable win there. Um, I believe, yeah, so a plus 18 win there uh, basically puts Manoa 2 out as number one team, uh, which is, you know, um, yeah, they'll be pretty happy with that. So number one in the championship for at least a week. Uh, well done, Manoa two. Second spot is Taranaki. You know, played one, 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 uh, four points as well. Uh, you know, it's just split by points differential. Uh, third spot is Otago. Played one, 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 uh, again four points, and it's just split by differential. So essentially, you know, a three-way tie for first there. Nobody got a bonus point win, uh, and Manoa two top things. Uh, so yeah, that's what it's looking like in the championship, I guess, in fourth spot is Southland, I guess, might as well, I mean, it's all about making the top four, really, so you can play semi-finals and finals, uh, and try and get promoted uh, for 2022, so yeah, fourth spot is Southland, who, you know, played one, lost one uh, to Otago, uh, but picked up a losing bonus point, because uh, they lost by seven uh, in the finish. So yeah, so that's your top four uh, down there in the championship. Uh, in the premiership, you've got Wellington uh, in top spot. Um, you know, they obviously got the win. They got the win with a bonus point uh, over Northland. Uh, it was pretty emphatic. Uh, you know, plus 47 for the points differential uh, and eight tries to one uh, as well. So, you know, really dominant. Uh, probably kind of like the only you know, supremely dominant, you know, match uh, of the round. Uh, and in fact, yeah, the only team to pick up uh, a try bonus uh, for the round, I think. 
So yeah, Wellington uh, played one, one, one uh, in five points. Uh, second spot is Waikato uh, with a win, no bonus points, uh, and a good points differential there. Uh, third spot is Tasman with a win, no bonus point, and fourth spot is Auckland with a win. Uh, and no bonus point. Uh, so basically, you know, those are four winners uh, from the weekend uh, filling out the top four in the Premiership. Uh, yeah, so, you know, can't get too excited about things uh, after round one. Um, they certainly don't uh, show, you know, what's going to happen through ten rounds. And then obviously, you know, there's semifinals and finals to play on top of that. But yeah, you know, well done to Manoa too. A little bit of bragging rights there. They get a, a week at the top of the championship. Uh, which is certainly a bit of a rarity, you'd have to say, for Manawa 2 uh, over the last sort of uh, four, five, six or more years, uh, you'd have to say. So yeah, let's push it over to that article. I'm just going to finish up with uh, the season preview of Bunnings NPC article. Uh, I believe this might actually be from allblacks.com, uh, but it has ended up uh, on basically provincial rugby, uh, which is essentially provincial.rugby uh, is, you know, the home of... Uh, the Bunnings uh, NPC. So yeah, I'm just going to have a, a quick read through this article. Um, I think it kind of goes through most of the teams, gives a, a really brief look at everybody uh, within reason, uh, and just tells you uh, a few little tidbits uh, on and off the field, I think, which are you know useful to know. So yeah, the Bunnings NPC race looks wide open in both the Premiership and Championship. So in 2020, the Premiership was remarkably tight and you had the extraordinary occurrence of North Harbour being relegated after winning five games. The semi-finalists and finishing order not determined until deep into the final regular season match. So yeah, it was a, a real knife edge uh, at the end of 2020. Uh, basically, you know, Bad Plenty could have been going down, North Harbour could have been going down, Canterbury could have been going down, Wellington could have been going down. Basically, uh, it was a real uh, knife fight uh, to see who stayed up in the Premiership, uh, and unfortunately for North Harbour, uh, they went down. So, continuing on. You are a brave person if you can confidently and correctly predict the finishing order in both sections this season, which sees this competition back to its usual late winter kickoff slot on the calendar starting on August 6th. So yeah, uh, basically it's the weekend just been, the games I've just talked about. Uh, and you are a brave person if you can confidently and correctly predict the finishing order and da-da-da. Well, that's pretty much what I'm trying to do here. Uh, I wouldn't call myself a particularly brave person, uh, but yeah, I think basically what it means is, uh, you know, it's pretty damn tough uh, to actually pick, you know, seven correct results every week uh, in this competition, which is, again, another really good reason to follow it. It's pretty exciting. And, you know, championship teams are certainly capable of, you know, pulling pulling down, taking down uh, and wounding, certainly wounding and or even finishing off, you know, premiership teams. So, yeah, kicking on or continue with the article. The premiership, again, looms as an even competition with all teams more than capable of contesting the semifinals. Perhaps crossover defeats to championship teams will again be decisive. Yes, indeed. Auckland, after narrowly losing the 2020 final to Tasman, is again a strong contender. The Orcs will miss departing captain TJ Fayani, but have made some interesting signings, none more prominent than Roger Tuivasa-Shek, who returns to his 15-a-side roots after a glittering career in the league. Just where he fits into the Auckland backline will offer some clue as to what style the 2018 champs will adopt. 
so yeah, a really good competition for uh, Tuivasa Shek uh, to come back into and, you know, see if he's still got it or, you know, has it uh, at, you know, basically professional rugby level because, you know, he certainly has been a very good, you know, NRL, you know, rugby league, uh, you know, player, uh, both at a club level um, in the competition uh, there uh, in Australia and New Zealand, uh, but also at the international level. So yeah, like I said, glittering career in league. Uh, I, I don't think you can dispute that for sure. Um, but yeah, you know, what's he going to bring or what's he going to be able to bring uh, to the 15-man game, the rugby union game, uh, which he played as a schoolboy, uh, will be very interesting to see. But I think this is the really great first step for him, um, you know, to get in a season of NPC uh, before, you know, potentially... Uh, you know, pushing further, you know, with uh, the Blues uh, in Super Rugby next year. So yeah, carrying on. The Marco have seven All Blacks, including Talismanic captain David Harvelli, so their depth will be under the spotlight like never before, but they have a largely settled roster which can challenge for a three-peat. Yeah, I think that's a pretty important sentence. Um, you know, obviously the Marco Tasman, the Tasman Marco, uh, you know, seven All Blacks this year, um, you know, that's that's definitely going to cut in, you know, it's just going to cut into the talent because uh, they're pretty much not going to be able to see any of those players, you'd have to think. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's it's going to be pretty damn hard for them uh, to back up and try and win this thing three years in a row. Uh, I, I, I don't think they're going to be capable of it. Uh, continuing on, Canterbury, which has signed former All Blacks wing uh, Waisake Naholo, will be desperate to at least reach the, semi the semi-finals again after missing the top four for the first time in years. Wow, Waisaki Naholo signed with Canterbury, like the Canterbury NBC team. I did not know that. Uh, I thought Otago was certainly sniffing around for, for his signature, uh, and obviously, you know, Taranaki, but uh, no. So he's, uh, Naholo has come back into uh, New Zealand rugby and signed with Canterbury NBC team. Wow, that's a really good signing for Canterbury. Uh, but yeah, continuing on. <clears throat> the Dark Horses could be the Bay of Plenty Steamers under new coach Daryl Gibson. Uh, and with some astute new signings in Sean Wainui, Fitu Kamakama Douglas, Natua Akoi, and Manaki Selby Rickett. Uh, it is 45 years since the Steamers won their inaugural NPC, but they will be favoured to at least make the semi-finals. So, you know, you can see there, that's why, I mean, certainly I think there's a justified hype around the Steamers, the Bay of Plenty Steamers uh, this year. You know, you've got Daryl Gibson in from... Well, you know, he used to coach uh, the Waratahs uh, in Super Rugby uh, maybe, uh, what, two seasons ago now? Um, so, you know, pretty established uh, high-level coach. Uh, and Daryl Gibson, great player, great former player. Uh, so it's a really good coach to have Daryl Gibson. And then, you know, Sean Wainui, uh, Fetu Douglas, Naitoa Akoe, and Manaki Selby Rickett. Like, those are some quality Super Rugby players uh, that have all pushed in uh, to, the Bay of Plenty's, uh, to the Bay of Plenty region. Uh, so, yeah, you know, you'd have to say uh, they should be going pretty good guns this year. Uh, although, you know, first round, Tasman came up uh, and sorted them out uh, in Tauranga. So, there you go. Continuing on. Much will depend on how Hawke's Bay's... Uh, sorry, read that again. Much will depend on how Hawke's Bay's... Hawke's Bay copes... Uh, I can't really say that. Hawke's Bay copes. Too many S's in there. So, much will depend on how Hawke's Bay copes with the pressure of defending the Ranfilly Shield. A settled roster, which includes new signing Eddie Anare at halfback, could crack the semi-finals uh, if they can win all its home and crossover matches. So yeah, you know, Hawks Bay, you know, they certainly uh, lost. Uh, well, they lost their first crossover match there to Taranaki uh, over a, over a New Plymouth Ways, 
so you know, yeah, difficult. Looking looking tough for Hawks Bay, uh, and yeah, obviously the added pressure of defending the Renfrewly Shield, uh, which basically is a shield. It's a challenge shield, uh, and all you know, uh, home fixtures for a team uh, in the regular season, you have to defend the shield. Uh, so I believe you know this coming week, um, Hawks Bay, like which will be round two. Hawks Bay will be at home, uh, and they'll have to defend that shield against Otago. Um, so yeah, you know it doesn't get any easier for Hawks Bay. Eddie Anade, a uh, pretty good halfback signing uh, for the Hawks Bay, uh, and probably a really good pickup in 2021 uh, if Falafa Katava uh, is basically out injured uh, for your season. Uh, continuing on, Waikato has a new head coach in Ross Filippo, and will lean on two veteran loose forwards, Liam Messam on 93 games for the Mulus and Jack Lamb uh, to lead the way for a youngish team that is equipped to reach the playoffs. Hmm. So yeah, I'm not so sure about that, but you know, best of luck, I guess, to Waikato. Uh, the Wellington Lions will miss Jackson Garden Bashup, but has two young tens, Ruben Love and Aiden Morgan, who could lead this team to the promised land. So yeah, you know, Ruben Love certainly looks pretty assured uh, in the game that I saw, um, you know, especially playing championship level teams. Uh, after having a bit of a baptism of fire um, at the start of you know 2021 uh, with the Hurricanes um, and both you know Suburbia Aotearoa and Suburbia Trans Tasman, you know he pretty much got the keys uh, to to drive things at ten uh, at the Hurricanes level. Uh, so you know he looks very confident. He looks very good. Uh, you know starting ten uh, for Wellington uh, in the NPC, uh, and then obviously yeah he's backed up by Aiden Morgan as well, like New Zealand under twenties, um, you know first five. So, you know, Wellington definitely has a couple of really good tens uh, to develop over the next couple of years. Uh, so pushing down to the Tier 2. So in the Championship, the picture is potentially clearer. Uh, Otago and Taranaki, on paper, appear to have the strongest squads with X-Factor throughout their backlines. But the five other sides, Counties Manukau, Northland, Southland, North Harbour and Manawatu, all have enough quality to hold realistic aspirations of making the semis. The Turbos, that's Manawa too, have made some key signings, including veteran centre Jason Emery and Crusaders 10, Brett Cameron. North Harbour is relatively settled and will lean on the two Brins again, Hall and Gatlin. So yeah, I think, you know, North Harbour is definitely going to go pretty well. Uh, you know, they got relegated, and like we said, you know, it was basically a, a four-way race uh, to see who could avoid uh, relegation uh, last year, which came down to the final match. Um, Canterbury just got out of jail uh, and relegated North Harbour uh, in the process. So, you know, I think, you know, Harbour, a little bit, a touch unlucky to be down uh, in the championship in 2021. Uh, I think they're going to go pretty well against most teams down there, um, especially, yeah, with, you know, Bryn Hall and Bryn Gatlin. You know, it's a couple of quality, super rugby level, uh, you know, uh, halfback or like halfback first five, you know, a really good 9-10 combination. So, you know, if you, if you keep those guys fit... Um, you know, and there's a couple of couple of decent players, uh, you know, easing around in the periphery there as well. I believe uh, the likes of Sean Stevenson, you know, plays up there in North Harbour. So yeah, you know, I think they'll be very good uh, and certainly challenging Otago and Taranaki uh, for a final spot. Um, you know, those other teams though, uh, you know, Northlands, Southlands, uh, you know, Counties uh, and Manawatu. Uh, you know, I I really think you know it's going to be one team out of those four uh, that gets that fourth spot. Uh, and, you know, you know Manor 2 has obviously made a pretty good play, uh, first up by, you know, winning at home over Counties Manukau. 
So yeah, uh, continuing on with the article, Southland has made some decent mid-tier signings and will look to new all-black Ethan DeGroote to bolster the scrum as the Stags seek to crack the championship semis for the first time since 2014. They certainly did look organised in defence, you'd have to say, uh, and their, you know, their four-pack looks good. Um, continuing on, the golden point rule is again in place, which means basically there can't be a draw or you'll, you know, you'll play extra time. Uh, meaning no draws before the semi-finals, uh, while red-carded players can be subbed after 20, uh, and a 50-22 kick rule will reward the attacking team. So yeah, I, I really do like that. Um, I hope that becomes a very normal, or like basically becomes standard uh, in rugby, uh, that you know a red card is a 20-minute offence. Uh, you know that player no longer comes back into the game, but somebody on your bench can basically come on uh, and put the team back to 15. Uh, because, you know, rugby really is ruined, you know, close contests are ruined, uh, you know, if you have to carry, like, a 14-man team, or, like, you know, you're a man down for, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 minutes of a match, it's just too much time uh, for the other team uh, to control things, uh, and often, uh, you know, the the red card is not flagrant, uh, you know, perhaps it's deserved uh, for whatever reason, uh, but it's generally, uh, you know, not sort of like a, a premeditated, you know, intentional, uh, you know, basically evil act as such. Uh, generally, it's uh, it's pretty spur of the moment. Uh, so I, I don't really feel like, you know, teams should get massively punished for, you know, 50 minutes to an hour just because, you know, someone had a brain fade or, like, basically got their technique wrong uh, in a tackle. So, yeah, really happy to see, uh, basically, that uh, red card 20-minute rule. So, yeah, I might just repeat that one more time. The golden point rule is, again, in place. So, i.e., meaning no draws before the semifinals. You're going to get a winner team score first after the 80 minutes wins while red carded players can be subbed after 20 20 minutes uh, and a 50-22 kick rule will reward the attacking team uh, the 50-22 kick rule basically means if you kick the ball inside your half uh, and you bounce that ball out uh, into the opposition into your opponent's uh, 22 uh, then you get the attacking line out so I do quite like that as well uh, it, it does make uh, defence Defensive setups have to be a little bit, um, a little bit back, uh, and a little bit hesitant on, you know, really racing up and putting pressure on the line, uh, because you know obviously teams can see that and then kick in behind them uh, if they're not covering their, um, you know, covering their touch lines uh, with the wings and fullback. So I like that quite a lot. Um, the flying wedge tactic has been banned, where two or more players bind together with the ball carrier, and there is more protection for dangerous cleaning out of the jackler which may help reduce injuries in that often dangerous position. Yeah, so those are quite technical, a little bit hard to explain, uh, but essentially it's just like uh, you know, running in pods of three. Um, so, you know, like your halfback maybe sets up, um, you know, two pods of three to hit. Uh, you know, maybe a lock receives the ball from a halfback and, then, and he gets driven uh, basically from behind, like basically as soon as he catches the ball, there's maybe a prop and or a loose forward, you know, bound to him or, you know, bound onto him and like pushing him forward so you basically you can't do that anymore uh, and then obviously you know the idea of like cleaning out a jackler well you know I'm not really sure how successful they're going to be uh, at uh, policing that because I mean that is a great part of rugby obviously that competition that contest for the ball that turnover possibility uh, but obviously the other team uh, is out there to you know get rid of that guy <laughs> you know like uh, if he's in there uh, hustling for that ball uh, so you know I'm not exactly sure uh, how they're going to police that uh, but obviously uh, again it comes down to being quite technical it's all about technique 
uh, and not overstepping uh, how much power uh, you put into, you know, uh, basically blowing that guy, you know, out of the ruck. So yeah, that could be a little bit of a contentious one, uh, just in terms of like there's definitely going to be uh, some differing interpretations, uh, you know, referee by referee for sure. But yeah, that is rugby, right? It's one of the beauties of it. Uh, so yeah, pushing on. Unlike in 2020, all unions have been able to get through a productive pre-season. There are no restrictions on crowds, and the rugby will again be high-octane and infused with provincial pride. What's not to like about the Bunnings NPC? Short answer is uh, there's nothing to not like about the NPC. It's a fantastic competition, uh, and I wish uh, you know more people around the world knew about it, and it's a pretty big reason uh, why I do this podcast, actually, uh, is to hopefully uh, give you guys uh, a little bit of an update uh, on a weekly basis on this pretty cool little, um, you know, like, professional league. You'd have to say, um, you know, overall, this this league definitely is, like, well and truly uh, in the shadow of Super Rugby, uh, and certainly uh, Super Rugby Aotearoa uh, these days. Uh, but I really do feel like uh, it has, you know, some some really great, it's a really great competition, basically. Um, you know, 14 really good teams, you know, there's a top seven, bottom seven, there's a crossover component, so, you know, you've got bottom seven playing top seven, etc. You actually have a challenge shield, the ran for the shield, that everybody plays for in the regular season, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, you know, you just have a lot of, you have a lot of good storylines uh, in this competition, uh, and I, you know, I just hope um, that, you know, it gets the respect uh, that it deserves. Um, unfortunately, a little bit difficult for it to get the respect that it deserves um, due to the fact that, it's constantly, um, you know, billed uh, as an August uh, or like early, early mid-August uh, through to late October kind of competition, which, you know, puts it in direct competition uh, with the rugby championship basically every year, uh, which basically means that you, you're not going to have your top 30, top 40 players uh, in the competition because they're going to be playing, uh, you know, uh, for the All Blacks. So, you know, if somehow, some way they could um, sort of resolve that issue, uh, then, you know, um, you know the Bunnings uh, NPC competition or whatever it's going to be named in the future, the NPC, that National Provincial Competition, uh, you know, would truly be, um, you know, a jewel in the crown. But, you know, I don't think it'll ever really get back to that. Um, I think Super Rugby is certainly here to stay, uh, and that's what we kind of get done in the first six months of the year. And then, obviously, the uh, back part of the year, the second six months of the year, um, that's really about Test Rugby or International Rugby first and foremost. But yeah, you know, you got to love it. Pick a team, get involved, uh, follow along. Um, guys are just playing. Um, they play some outrageous rugby. Uh, there's some really good results. They're very competitive. Uh, and there's a really good mix of, you know, experienced, you know, established super rugby players uh, and, you know, young up-and-coming, you know, age-grade players uh, that are basically getting their first professional contracts and are, you know, really trying to push and get into Super Rugby teams. So, you know, pretty awesome. Awesome to follow, awesome to watch. I recommend it. So, yeah, pretty much going to sign off, sign out there. Uh, about 40 minutes. It's my first podcast in a long time. Um, so, yeah, um, hopefully um, you enjoyed that. Uh, I think I'm pretty much going to do uh, a podcast like this uh, every week. Um, well, for sure. Um, that's That's kind of my brief. Uh, but I mean, I, th- I think I'll probably do a podcast like this every week um, on the Bunnings NPC uh, for sure. Um, and then, you know, maybe try and get an extra podcast in as well, uh, looking at international rugby, uh, primarily the rugby championship. So hopefully uh, over the next couple of months, um, yeah, two podcasts a week. 
uh, one on the internationals and one on the NPC, the National Provincial uh, Championship. Uh, I think that's what I'm going to try and do. So yeah, thanks a lot for listening. Uh, if you did, uh, thanks to do. Um, well, you know, if you are listening, uh, it's probably uh, you're probably an old listener, uh, as like uh, this one is coming to you after about a three or four weeks uh, delay. Uh, so you're probably not someone who's listening to this for the first time. Uh, but anyways, uh, if you are, like, you know, please uh, give me a like uh, at my Facebook page. That would be awesome. So The Rugby Gods Podcast, if you can find that on Facebook, give me a like. That would be awesome. A like and or a follow. Uh, send me a private message uh, and or leave a comment there. Any of that is excellent stuff. Uh, and then obviously, you know, like, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, I don't know, uh, wherever I put it, uh, which is on a lot of different podcasting platforms, uh, primarily, I guess, uh, Spotify, uh, but also, you know, uh, Apple Podcasts, etc. Uh, you know, please uh, feel free to give me uh, to subscribe uh, and or, you know, give me a positive rating uh, on your podcast platform. That would be awesome as well uh, for the show. So, yeah, pretty much going to leave it there. Uh, drink some water, have a cup of tea, uh, and I think I'll come back and do round two, um, you know, pretty soon, uh, and it's going to be focused on uh, the rugby championship and what we can expect over the next couple of months, uh, and maybe a little bit of a look uh, at Bledisloe 1 as well, which was on the weekend, just being uh, basically, you know, first test between Australia and New Zealand uh, in a three-test series uh, for the Bledisloe Cup. So, yeah going to peace out there. Uh, I don't think there's too much more that I need to shill or say. So yeah, thanks a lot for listening. Matewa, I'll talk to you soon. Goodbye.